Welcome to the HEAL podcast for all things related to Lyme disease and other chronic illnesses. I'm Mimi McLean, Mama 5, founder of Lyme 360 and a Lyme warrior. Tune in each week to hear from doctors, health practitioners, and experts to hear about their treatments, struggles, and triumphs to help you on your healing journey. I'm here to heal with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the HEAL podcast. This is Mimi McLean, and today we have Dr. Dawn DeSilva. She is a nationally recognized family medicine doctor and founder of the Center for Whole Health, an integrative and functional medical practice in West Los Angeles, California, specializing in integrative and functional medicine. Dr. Dawn DeSilva and her team are able to offer the best of conventional medicine alongside the most effective and innovative alternative care modalities. These include naturopathic medicine, homeopathy, oxygenative therapies, Ayurvedic medicine, and a full-service IV center. Prior to opening her own center in 2013, Dr. DeSilva trained and served on the faculty at UCLA. She attended UCLA Medical School. Thank you so much, Dr. DeSilva, for being on today. I'm so excited to talk about Lyme and, and your practice with everyone. So I would first love to talk a little bit about your history because you are an MD doctor, and I know you went back to school not the traditional path. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what made you decide to go back to school and then transition into more of an alternative practice. Well, first, thank you, Mimi, so much to invite me on. I think this is such an important topic right now, and I'm happy to be here. So when I went back to medical school, I knew that the way that we were practicing medicine is very outdated. It wasn't looking at the whole picture of what makes us healthy and what makes us vulnerable to disease. So I actually went back to school not knowing what I was going to do. I just knew that I needed to do, wanted to do something else with my life. And I fell in love with medicine. It really was something that became a very creative process for me. I was formerly an actress and felt that storytelling was the most direct way to impact people. What I learned in medicine is that it is our stories and through listening and understanding the stories that people have, that is the gateway to understanding what we can really do to fortify our health and help us heal from disease. That's great. Can you explain the difference between, well, when did you like actually integrate the integrative or functional part of it? So again, before I went back, I knew, I had known that at that time it was called complementary medicine. And it was just acupuncture. That's what I knew was something else besides traditional medicine. And then it wasn't until the second to the last year in my residency. So I was seven years into medical training before I even heard about functional medicine. And functional medicine has been around for, you know, it had been around for 20 years. And the fact that I was at UCLA, one of the leading medical centers in the country, and hadn't heard about functional medicine until that stage in my training it just opened up a whole new world and so sometimes functional medicine and integrative medicine are used interchangeably but just as a matter of sort of a purist way of looking at it functional medicine really is a body of information and knowledge similar to how Ayurvedic is or homeopathy it's one way of understanding that Years before disease develops in a person, there's dysfunction in the body. And we, through, again, listening to people's stories and also doing much more sophisticated lab work than is done in a, in a traditional medical office, 
we can not only, once people are sick, identify some of the root causes of those diseases, but also detect things early on. Because so many of our diseases, people are healthy until they're not. You know, it just happens mm-hmm. overnight. You know, you hear that, you know, and we're hearing that a lot right now in, in our current climate, that the majority of people who are getting sick with COVID have premorbid conditions, but some people are healthy. The question is, how do we know they're healthy? You know, how do we know that? And what are we missing as a profession in being able to detect disease risks that we can modify? Mm-hmm. So conventional medicine is typically you're treating the symptom, right? Yeah. I, I, this is the way I like to look at it, right? And then yeah. functional medicine is you, you're asking why is the symptom there? Like what's caused the symptom? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. And it's a, it's a very sophisticated, comprehensive framework at being able to understand that why. And then the the world of integrative medicine really branches out beyond that to include the bodies of understanding, asking that question and also interventions as far as bioenergetic medicine and homeopathy and acupuncture and Ayurvedic and all all the other bodies of of information that can inform us about answering those questions. Mm -hmm. So I know you treat not just Lyme disease, you treat lots of patients, but if someone were to come in and say, I think I have Lyme disease, or maybe from listening to their story, you think they have Lyme disease. What do you, is it just kind of by you looking at their symptoms or do you test, use a specific test? It's both. It becomes a financial issue too, because the testing, as you know, is not always covered by insurance. And so Mm -hmm. I'll do a screen with something called CD57 which is part of our immune cells that can get very depleted if it's constantly trying to go after the Lyme. And I'll also screen for mycotoxins and parasites. I don't have a single patient with Lyme that doesn't have some other infection or or bug compromising their immune system. And so I'll do a screen with those tests. I'll do a stool test. I'll do something called a TNF-beta that looks for mold and mycotoxin burden in the body. And then if people do have the resources or their insurance will cover it, Quest has a panel that I can use, but also Igenix is really my gold standard. That's the one I use. Mm-hmm. And so if they're positive, mm-hmm. and of course they're going to be positive from something else like you discussed, right. Right. what is typically your process? Do you go right after the Lyme or do you treat the other things no. first? So, so that is, you know, I see... So many patients that have come to me where physicians go right after the Lyme and they just, what's called herps. You know, when, if you have an internal environment that's inflamed and your immune system's confused, when you start to go after those bugs directly without calming down that environment, it's just going to create a fire in your body and you're going to kind of constantly be chasing that fire. So I always start with the basic principles, whether it's Lyme or cancer or autoimmune. What makes us sick is trauma, either physical or emotional, toxins. And again, those are the bugs or metals or air or water or things in our food and thoughts. So our Mm -hmm. belief systems. I start the discussion about that. You know, what are the thoughts, trauma, and toxins in your body and start to identify those. And so I always recommend that people who begin this journey have some sort of emotional support as well, because one of the things about this is that it's, it's, you, you really are setting off on a journey. You know, you're finding, you're, you're in the middle of a very painful process 
when people come to me with Lyme and they're, they're needing to find their way back to themselves. And so you need guides for that. That becomes something very important. And it doesn't have to be traditional therapy. In fact, most of the time it's not. So I, I do that and then I start to, again, assess the body for what is in excess and what it's deficient of. So I start to support their methylation. The gut health is absolutely where we have to start, you know, really looking at fortifying that, the foundation of the gut health, improving the detox pathway so that when we start to go after the bugs, we can actually get them out of the body. So that's where I start with patients. Right. No, that makes sense. And then at some point you wait six months or until the body kind of recovers and that's when you, and how do you go after the Lyme? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's, everybody's different. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be a month, sometimes it is six months. And then when I start to go after the Lyme, you know, I, I use a lot of IVs in my clinic because generally the gut is so inflamed that the supplements are good, but they're harder to be absorbed. So we do a lot of vitamin C and ozone therapy. Ozone therapy has been really, really helpful with Lyme as as well as something called an immune drip and glutathione because we need to, as we're going after the bugs, we need to get the toxins out of the body. So Mm -hmm. I I do a lot of IVs in the office. Some of my favorites right now is peptide therapy. So peptides are short chains of amino acids that we make in our body as signaling molecules. So one of the things that we're finding out, whether it's exosome or peptides or a lot of what quantum physics is informing us is that it's not necessarily what's happening inside of the cell, but the communication between the cells. And when that communication goes awry, that's what starts to foster disease. And so peptides are things, again, that we make naturally in our body, but we can become deficient in. And so one of, one of my favorite ones is, it's called thymosin alpha-1. So the thymus gland is one of our most robust immune glands, but as we age, it starts to shrink. And so giving the body back some of the thymus and peptides starts to increase the body's immune system to actually do the job that it should do in clearing the lime or the mold or the parasites. Oh, okay, great. And so do you ever treat it with antibiotics at that point or you try to always avoid antibiotics? I really do. I've had a couple patients that came to me and we've continued them on them for a while. I just have found that supporting the immune system through these other modalities and doing stronger supplements as far as Lyme with, with mycotoxins and parasites, sometimes I will use antiparasitic prescriptions more than I will use antibiotics. But so much of the problem, Mimi, is that our gut has been destroyed, that microbiome, and we need to fortify that. So any way that I can start to support the body's innate wisdom and intelligence, it knows how to go after these bugs. And rather than giving something outside to kill the bugs, I just find it so much more effective and long-lasting to support the body in doing what it knows how to do. Right. So that you touched on a great point because I feel like the gut health is one of the most important things to go after yeah. from what I've heard and learned. Um, and so how would you suggest for people right off the bat to try to do that, even if they don't see a doctor or they don't have the resources or a great so, doctor that they can Yeah. So this is something, again, everybody can do at home. And it's one of the hardest things when you're sick because you want that comfort food. You want the mm-hmm. you know, feeling so poorly. But what we put into our body is the fuel for us 
to heal. And the whole job of our immune system is to recognize what's foreign. And if our gut is seeing synthetic foods and glyphosate on our grains and all of the other toxins in our food, our body's immune system and its innate intelligence is going to say, this is harmful. This shouldn't be in my body. And it's going to start to mount an attack on that. And so what I always do start people on is a, is a modified elimination diet where you remove gluten because all the gluten in America has been GMO modified and our body sees that as a foreign molecule. Most often dairy, there's some people that can tolerate it with certain sorts of food combinations, but just to keep it really basic for people, mammals past the age of breastfeeding don't have the enzyme that breaks down dairy. So this becomes something that the immune system sees as foreign. And then sugar, sugar is just like, it's just like gasoline to a fire. So those are the three things. And again, it can seem daunting to take all of that away at once. So I say, pick one thing or do it five days a week or one meal a day, like whatever you can do. This is not about perfection. This is about starting a journey that starts to calm down the fire in your body so that you can start to heal. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I've been doing this now for five years and I think it really... I kept making excuses for myself with the food, you know, and I don't think I really started to see an improvement with my health until I was like, okay, I really got to do this. And I would add a couple other things to that list would be caffeine or coffee because I love, that's so hard for me. And then alcohol. Yeah. And those five things I feel like are the staple to all of our diets and it's really hard and it's not immediate. So, and that's what was hard. It's not. So that was hard for me because I felt so awful. And then I just gave up the five things I absolutely love, especially when you don't feel well. Right. And you're like, wait, why am I giving this up? Because I don't even feel well. And it's like, and I'm not even losing weight. And like, why am I doing it? So it was so so frustrating, right? But I do feel like you won't get better until you give those things up. Yeah. But your story is, is, is so encouraging to people is that again, this is, this is a journey. This is a process. And what I tell my patients is, I never want to just rip something away from you, whether you're on a medication or totally attached to a certain food. Let's give your, start to give your body back what it's really hungry for. And then it will be a gradual unwinding where you're ready, where you're ready to say, I'm going to let go of alcohol and sugar and these foods and things that aren't so good for me so that my body can really heal. But it is a process to have compassion for that process because so, so much of the time it becomes another way to beat yourself up and feel bad about Mm -hmm. yourself. And so it Mm -hmm. really, that's not the goal. And I think you have to almost hit bottom and feel so bad that you're like, okay, what am I going to do? And I know, absolutely. So for anybody that's hit bottom and and they're like, what do I need to do? If you haven't cleaned up your diet, like that is the next step. I hate to say it, but it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get over the hump, you really, you're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this? (laughs) You know, it's just getting through that process of feeling deprived of something. But I also find though that it's like, you could start cheating a little bit. Uh You know, maybe you cheat a little bit and have a glass of wine or have a glass of coffee, you know, a cup of coffee. And then you might then hit bottom again or might have a little relapse. Like yesterday, I didn't feel that well. And I think it was because I was letting myself like have a little of those things creep in on vacation, you know? And so you pay for it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, But Um, that's the good news too about, about healing is that you get to a point where 
you can have a little bit every once in a while and you go, oh, right, that maybe doesn't feel so good. <laughs> and then your body mm -hmm. becomes a better friend to you and you say, okay, maybe I don't want to do that. But it, again, it's not from a place of deprivation. It's from a place of, if I want to have a piece of chocolate or a glass of wine every once in a while, that's not the end of the world because my body has enough resilience in it to recover. And it's not something mm -hmm. I do all the time. Mm -hmm. Now talk to me about LDA. You started using those for Lyme too, didn't you? Yeah, the LDA, LDA. Is, a, is a great way, again, of creating greater intelligence in somebody's immune system. So it started out with an allergy treatment called LDA, low-dose antigen therapy. And the premise was our immune system, dust, pollen, grass, all of these things, they're not inherently harmful, you know, but it's, a, it's our body's immune system thinking they're more of a problem. So we do these homeopathic dilutions of these things that our body is getting really inflamed around and it starts to re-educate our immune system. Hey, this isn't so bad. I don't need to make such a storm and make you feel so sick from it. And then the good news is too, is not only do you feel better, but your immune system is then available to do the job it needs to do, like go after the line or even survey the body for cancer cells. I mean, that's part of our body's immune system function too, is to go around and say, hey, that looks weird. I'm going to take that out. And when the body's immune system is so preoccupied with all of these other things, it doesn't have the intelligence and the capacity to do that. So then Ty Vincent actually started to go, hey, I think that's what's happening around some of these bugs like Lyme and mold and parasites and Epstein-Barr is that these bugs are not inherently pathogenic. You know, they're not like, you know, some of the, the things that we're seeing in the world right now, but it's the, our body's immune system that's getting dysregulated around it. So if we can start to increase intelligence around our body's immune system around Lyme, it lowers the inflammatory effect of our immune system trying to go after it. Mm -hmm. And I've actually gotten a lot of people off their doxycycline with Lyme doing the Lyme LDI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, what other, I know you have so many great things in your office. Is there anything that we haven't really talked about that you think is worth mentioning, different treatments to help either with inflammation or Lyme or? Yeah. So one mold. of my favorite ones too that I really started that's been around for, you know, a couple of years now, but NAD. So NAD is a molecule we make and we derive from B3. And there's been a lot of research that it's been helpful in very high doses with addiction and, and memory. Harvard's done a lot of studies around anti-aging and memory process with NAD. But with Lyme, there's so much brain fog. Again, you know, because the gut-brain connection and there's inflammation in the gut and then there's probably mycotoxins involved that cross the blood-brain barrier. And there's just this, that's one of the things that makes it so hard to have the energy to stick with a diet or cook food or, you know, do the things, stay committed to a treatment plan is the brain fog and the fatigue is so disabling. And so the NAD I found to just really be a game changer. We're doing it as sub Q injections so people can do it at home. And I mean, it really starts to turn the brain on. So that in, in combination with the peptides, I find to be really helpful to start to give people back the energy that they need. Mm -hmm. Now, have you ever prescribed or recommend rife machines or any kind of rifing? <laughs> so this is, you know, something that's, I have patients that use rife, definitely, yeah. but the world of energy medicine. So this is another world that I've really, so again, quantum physics is informing us that again, 
molecules and supplements and IVs and all the things that I've been talking about, they are important, but we were energy bodies. We are mm-hmm. energy beings. And you know, I always tell people the cell needs 70 to 90 millivolts of current to actually bring nutrients in and get toxins out. And again, because of being inflamed with microbes and toxins and thoughts, that cell membrane loses that electrical charge. And we can no longer actually get nutrients in and we can't get toxins out. And so the energy machines that I've been using, one is called frequency-specific microcurrent. So this was brought back from a naturopath who used this in the the late 1920s, 1930s. So, I mean, this is before computers. Somebody was saying there's frequencies that can actually help the body heal. And uh, a woman, a chiropractor, brilliant, named Carol McMakin in the 70s started to bring this back and really understand that if we can, so very different from allopathic traditional medicine and, and finding out like what's wrong with the body and go in and try to fix that, this looks at what's right in the body. What is the healthy resonance of our gut? What is the healthy resonance of our liver, of our brain? And it sends a signal to those cells in the body very specifically to start to heal. She tells a great story. So it can do it with chronic microbes and many different things. But one of my favorite stories is that in 2011, there was a wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles that in December shredded his inner osseous ligament and had a spiral fracture of his tibia. And the doctor said, you know, your career's over and you're probably going to have a hard time walking ever again. He had been working with Kara McMakin and was on the FSM, you know, right before they took him into surgery. Within two weeks, he was walking. He was back in training in January. And in the end of January, he played in the Super Bowl and went on to win MVP. That's amazing. Everybody was like, this is impossible. So this, I mean, I get chills when I tell that story because we see that not only with physical injuries like that, but again, with chronic processes where we can send the signal back to the body of what a healing frequency is and the body can start to align with that and heal. So I think this is really, Mimi, the future of medicine. I think this is the energy, the the direction that we're going to go in is really starting to understand how technology can start to help us heal as well. Mm -hmm. And does that kind of go along with, you know, yesterday I was texting you saying I didn't feel well and you responded by saying go outside and get your feet in the ground. ground, Yeah. On the earth. So can you talk about that? Like why that's important? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a a cardiologist actually that looked at people who, who had heart disease. He would look at their blood under a dark field microscopy and a microscope and it would be very viscous. It would like the red blood cells would stack on each other. So again, you know, you can imagine not only does that make people at more at risk for heart disease because their blood vessels are getting clogged and strokes, but also the subtler things like brain fog or bloating or, you know, if we're not able to get oxygen to our tissues, they're not going to function. And he found that people who walked barefoot on the earth for 10 minutes a day completely reversed that viscosity in their blood. Their blood cells became fluid. They got oxygenation to their tissues. Crazy, just 10 minutes. 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. Is that the kind of the same thing like a Beamer mat does too? You know, I know that the Beamer can be really good for people and and I'm not exactly 
clear on the exact science of the beamer mat, but mm -hmm. I know that it can be, you know, there's, there's lots of different types of machines. There's, I have a pulse electronic magnetic frequency machine. So there are different types of machines and mats that can start to ground people and tap into that sort of frequency right. that is in the earth as well. So the negative of this energy that we're talking about is the EMF, right? right. Yes. Which is going to be, I'm sure you, you found with a lot of your patients, like I am extremely sensitive to EMF that I yeah. found now. And, you know, I try not to ever like put anything to my head. I mean, I'm not great because I have my phone a lot on and I do have wireless in the house. Like I have had people come and tell me like, get it all out. And, but I mean, for people who want to live in the real world, yeah, is yeah. there anything, suggestions? Like, do, do those necklaces work? Do they, the case they covers do. work? And not all of them are created equal. So it is really mm -hmm. important to talk with someone that has a reliable source of, of products. So I do carry several things. Aries Tech, A-I-R-E-S, has really great, I'll show you here on my phone. If you can see that little, mm -hmm. see those? They're very pretty. Yep. But they definitely, so, so again, I mean, when I started to learn about this, I was like, how can something that has a shape and a crystal inside of it actually take out these harmful, you know, waves? But again, that's how our computers work. That's how EMFs work. It's just functioning on a frequency that's actually very harmful for our biology. I mean, you know, again, I, I say my profession is doing just a, a terrible job at informing people how harmful these this is. And, you know, in 2011, the scientific community came out and said just even basic cell phones go in and break double-stranded DNA bonds. That's our, again, our blueprint that says make proteins, make our immune system, make hormones. You know, if that hardware in our body is actually being destroyed through these EMFs, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but, but again, like you said, we have to live in the world. And so, you know, Einstein said, a quote that I always reference that he said, I fear our technology has surpassed our humanity. And, and he said that how long ago? He said ago? that a long time ago. And so what the amazing thing is right now, Mimi, is that I think our technology actually is starting to be able to help our humanity. We just mm -hmm. need to start to listen to it. So the, again, the world of quantum physics and things like the company Aries Tech and there's a lot of other companies and frequency-specific microcurrent, and there's another frequency machine I use called the Healy. All of these things are starting to be able to neutralize the harmful effects of the EMFs. And so I tell people that all of these things that we're hearing about in the world, as dire as it all sounds, it's actually not bad news. It's just inviting us to live more skillfully, more intelligently, more mindfully, more lovingly on the planet right now. And, and I think that the information and the resources to do that are here. Right. No, you bring up a very good point. And I just say to people, just ask, stop and ask questions. Like if it doesn't make sense, ask. Absolutely. And don't put your head in the sand just because you don't want to hear more bad Yeah, things. don't put your head in the sand and don't put your phone in your head. And don't put your phone in your I mean, I Don't carry it in your and... bra. Don't carry it in your pocket. I mean, I think that's a lot of the reason we're seeing so much of the infertility right now. And oh my gosh, breast cancer, you know, young women with breast cancer, you know, these women that are just, you just can't carry your cell phone on your body like that. Mm -hmm. Well, then you, you can Google it. it. There's like a there's actually a photo of a woman who has breast cancer, the shape of her cell phone on her 
breasts, yeah. like where she kept it every day, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it does exist or people, yeah. like if I, if someone says, Oh, my so-and-so had brain cancer. I'm like, did he use his phone a lot to that side of the head? And they're like, yeah, why? I'm like, uh, there's a correlation, you know, there's a correlation. There's a big correlation. Yeah. So people just need to ask questions, be a little more aware and And information there's answers. You know, again, it it can be very daunting to say, I can't eat these foods and how am I going to, you know, function in the world with 5g and all of the, you know, it, it, it can be very daunting, but I think, and also with, with COVID right now, you know, I think it's very people, feel very overwhelmed about how are we going to emerge healthy and happier on the other side of this. But I firmly believe we have all of the ingredients inside and, and with each other to come through this healthier, happier, more connected, more full Mm -hmm. of joy and purpose. Well, this whole quarantine has kind of forced, I think, everyone to to stop and reevaluate everything in their life because we are all on this bad hamster wheel wheel that we are going nowhere that I think everyone's had to stop and be like, reassess who, what people are in their lives, what things are in their life, where they're working, where they're living, everything. Yeah. And so when we come out of it, hopefully it's like, we're going to be stronger. I'm hoping because I think there's going to be a lot of negative too, but hopefully everyone will come out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. But this has been amazing. Is there any other last minute tips or advice for anybody who's struggling at home? I mean, it is, it is very humbling. I've gotten a lot of people who are in a very dark place because they feel really alone and they come yeah. to Instagram to connect with other people that are going through the same thing because they are right. alone. And a lot of these people don't have the financial resources or in the middle of nowhere and they don't have doctors that are close by right. to help them through. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of great things available online. So my my dear friend Amy Bisher has done, you know, she had a, her own personal story with Lyme and and recovered from it, and then got sick. She recovered physically after getting stem cells in India, and then came back and had a relapse. And she realized that if her symptoms weren't just because of the bugs and the cells, there had to be something else going on with her beliefs and her emotional life. So she's created. She's written several books and created many resources online. Many of them are free if you follow her on Facebook to help connect people and help give people some really basic tools to start to help shift some of the the energetic blocks that they have Mm -hmm. towards towards healing. So that's a fantastic resource. And then there was that, oh, thermoregulation, which is something that you did. So this is something that people can do at home too. So cold showers. So anything that shocks the nervous system can really, again, start to cool the fire down. So, you know, cold showers. And what I, what I recommend is alternating cold to hot, like really ice cold, as long as you can stand it on the nape of your neck, you know, on the top of your head, you know, people at home do ice plunges. They'll fill the bathtub with, up with ice, you know, don't, you know, go you know, too extreme if you're really sick, just start with some things. But then if you're doing thermal regulation in the shower, you can do cold to hot, cold to hot, you know, three or four times. There's also something called warming sock therapy, which is great if you're actually acutely sick with something. It pulls the heat out of your body so that your body can start to heal. So what you do, and it sounds terrible. When I first heard about it, I was like, this is awful. But when you do it, it actually feels really good. Before you get in bed at night, you get a pair of cotton socks and a pair of wool socks. And you take the cotton socks and you 
get them wet and you wring it out and you put those in the freezer and then you get in a warm shower. When you get out of the shower, get yourself dry, take the cold socks out of the shower, put the cold socks on your feet and then put the dry wool socks on over the cold socks and get into bed. And you will wake up with dry socks. And wow. it really, it's, it's incredible. Not only for like, if you're you know, sick with a cold or the flu, you know, it's really good with chronic disease or even like gut stuff because it starts to pull that inflammation out of your gut. So that's something that, you know, I've never tried that. and these are things people can do at home. Yeah. You know, we're, I'm talking next week to a gentleman that started cryozone. Like cryotherapy. Oh, those are, I mean, if you have access to those, have you done it? Yes, I do that oh. one in Santa Monica. And I got to yeah. tell you, the first time I tried it, I was so sick. My husband's like, that's it. You're getting, I, my body felt like it was on fire. He's like, you're getting up. And he literally like almost carried me to the cryozone place. I got in and I said, to, I was a little scared. And I said, well, you have to be in here for three minutes. And it was funny because she said to me, Justin Bieber only lasted like 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I, I said, don't feel bad if, if you don't last more than 30 seconds. I'm like, okay, I won't. So I get in and I got to tell you, I felt like so relieved. I felt like someone was put, it lasted the full three minutes. It wasn't even cold for me. Because wow, I felt like someone put out, now if I go, I'm freezing. But that time I was so inflamed. Yeah. That it felt like someone was just like hosing down a fire. I I felt like, oh my God, that felt so and good. Didn't, you know, your like brain, what, didn't you feel like, oh my God, I can think. I mean, that's. I was in pain. I was, oh, it yeah. was like the best thing. I was so, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? So for anybody that has, has one. Access. Yeah. Th- those are fantastic. That's the best three minutes and $30 or whatever yeah. it costs to go. Yeah. But thank you so much. This has been amazing. I really You're appreciate so your time. Yeah. Each week, I will bring you different voices from the wellness community so that they can share how they help their clients heal. You will come away with tips and strategies to help you get your life back. Thank you so much for coming on, and I am so happy you are here. Subscribe now and tune in next week. You can also join our community at Lime360 Warriors on Facebook, and let's heal together. Thank you. Thank you.